Is unretirement a word? If not, Tom Brady literally just invented it. What can this what can this guy do? What got what can this guy not do? Who knows? Fill up those wine glasses and listen to episode 197 of the Real Flaw Fans, New Jersey. everyone. Oh, hey there. Welcome, welcome. The Real Football Fans of New Jersey here. We are bringing you episode 197. We are three away from the big 200. If you've been counting down with us, we appreciate you being with us every week. And yeah, it's Wednesday. So here we are. We are ready to talk football. We are ready to talk mm-hmm. housewives. There is so much going on, so much happening. Yeah. I can't even necessarily wrap my brain around it, but we've been doing everything we can to keep you in loop with all the latest news and obviously hang out with us for the next hour or so to get more details on everything going on. But we did ask you guys tonight to send us the questions um, on all of our social media platforms. We got some good ones here. I really like them. Uh, let's just dive right into it. We have so much to talk about. Uh, a lot of free agency questions. So mm-hmm. let's let's start with one. Obviously, yeah. the free agency period has started. A lot of moves happening. People want to know. What free agency move so far has made our jaw drop the most? So, Caitlin, why don't you go first and let the people know what had you yeah. off your rocker? So, like, things are happening so quickly. And, like, I said this last week on the show, like, you know, Katie keeps us very, like, aligned with our outline every week. And she keeps us strict to a schedule. But, like, we were joking last week how much was happening, like, how often she would have to change it, like, before. And you guys know if you follow us on social media or just follow anything right now, so much is happening every second. We literally just added something right before the show, which – kind of overtakes mine for this, but I'm going to tell you what my, my original one was because that it did give me a, a jaw drop. I, I guess I didn't know that this could happen. So um, I'm going with defensive end Randy Gregory uh, the, from formerly in the Dallas Cowboys going to the Denver Broncos, but he agreed to a contract with the Cowboys only to hours later agree to one with the Broncos. So this was one of those things where it went out on NFL social media platforms. It went out on Adam Schefter's platform. Platforms, Ian Rappaport, that right. he was going back to Dallas. And then not even 30 to 40 minutes later, they had to post again being like, so maybe it was like an hour later. Sorry, not 30, 40 minutes. I'm being dramatic. Literally had to say, just kidding. Like, and the best was the Broncos actually tweeted out a thing that was like, surprise, like we took it. <laughs> so that was to me, was like, can that happen? Like, or could we actually do this? Um, but obviously right before the show, uh, Von Miller is going to the bills. And to me, that is, uh, I am shocked. So we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but that it didn't make my jaw drop more, but still dropping. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's obvious. That was a very, very big one. And, uh, that's, that's not necessarily a 
a bad thing. It's like you just won a Super Bowl with the Rams. It's very Let me hard. go win another one. <laughs> it's really hard to be repeat Super Bowl champions. Right. Have a probably a better shot of winning back to back, bouncing and going to the Bills and winning with the Bills. So it's that's probably his mindset, which is a genius. Mindset. I mean, you are going from beautiful weather to really, really cold weather. There is that, but um, Vaughn, you definitely have a good shot of potentially winning back to back Super Bowls. Hundred percent. Okay, so mine is like maybe not like the biggest, the biggest name, even though I have I think this player is amazing. Um, I just think it comes from being a Giants fan and mm. seeing this one break and being like, oh, oh shit. Um, and that for me was Hassan Reddick going to the Philadelphia. Oh, uh, we texted so, about it. I, I just, it was just not, not something you wanted to wait. Or that was see. a jaw dropper yeah. as in like, I'm in pain. That was a bad one. That one hurts. Yeah. Um, as if get me some Advil. I'm hurting. Yeah. Really as if the Giants offensive line, like didn't have enough problems. Now we've got Hassan Reddick coming at us in yeah. the division going to terrorize Daniel Jones. Not happy about this by any means. If anything, I hope this is like a move that the Giants front office saw and was like, yes, like we already knew that we had to like really lock down some offensive linemen this offseason, but this is even more reason like, to do oh, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> that one, anytime you see like a name like that go to anybody in your division yeah. to a rival, that one always is the worst. So not that to me was the biggest jaw dropper. Yeah. Got a little heartburn now when I think about it again. So. <laughs> all right. Well, let's keep uh, with free agency here. So after all their free agency moves, which I feel like this has been the most active team in free agency so far, how close are the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Colts? And I guess that means like, obviously they play in the same division. So maybe like talent competition wise, wise yeah. competition wise. How, how close do you feel they are with the moves they've made? So honestly, you know, Katie and I have spoken about this a, a lot over the past couple of days. You know, Jacksonville's making moves. They are, it's no doubt about it. They really are, uh, you know, trying to get some support for, for uh, Trevor Lawrence, just trying to make other moves within the team, uh, a team that really needs to build up in so many areas. They clearly have the, the money to do it in free agency, and they're going to move to the draft as well with, you know, obviously uh, low, low picks, good real estate. Um, so for me, though, while I'm very impressed so far, the Colts are, you know, they gave away Carson Wentz, you know, one of their linemen's coming to the New York Giants, other kind of moves are making there. They're kind of building up, I guess, like their capital. Uh, they're trying to build up some real estate. But to me, the Colts, when the season ended, were a Super Bowl contending team. Just need to find their quarterback, like we have said many times on this episode. Right. I'm still riding that, and I don't think every single move Jacksonville has made thus far makes them a Super Bowl contending team. Right. So that's yeah. why I'm still going to put the Colts in the driver's seat on this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I don't think it necessarily brings them close. It makes them a more competitive football team, of course, right. but um, – you know, we've seen this before too, by the way, like in past free agencies where like you see a team make so many moves. Remember when Philadelphia was the dream team and they had oh. that free agency where they brought in like every big game yes. and people were like, and, and Philly was going nuts. They thought they were going to be the dream team and they ended up sucking. Like, yes, like just because bad. you bring in names yeah. doesn't mean that they're going to gel together. It doesn't mean that they're going to pick up the playbook quickly. Like there's so many factors in it. So mm -hmm. 
I never want to jump the gun on a team like just getting all these big names, especially on a team that was like the worst team in football last year. So yeah. I don't think it necessarily all of a sudden catapults them into the conversation with the Colts. We'll see. I mean, maybe it does It does turn out like well for them. And I do think it makes them a more competitive football team. But I don't – I think more competitive means like if they win six games next year, that should be good for them. So we'll see. Um, okay. Last free agency question here. Has your opinion changed on what the New York Giants do with their first – with their two first-round picks uh, in the draft based on – who we brought, who we have signed in free agency. Obviously, we've brought in some right. linemen. Uh, do you? Does it change how you feel on what positions maybe we go after in our first two picks? Mm, no, I think it's because the the picks are so close together. <laughs> I'm still very much all in on linemen. Uh, I love that we made um, some good moves um, over the past week. Um, you know, pulling guys from the Colts and the Bills. Um, I think it's great. Um, I just. For me, depth is everything. And if we can get two young guys early, um, linemen, like look at Andrew Thomas, like he absolutely showed up this year. Um, if we can get like two young guys and really build them out alongside veterans that we just pulled in, like I, I think that's great. So I'm, I'm going to stick with I want two linemen those first two picks. Yeah, I'm going to say that I've kind of been the same like this whole time is I definitely want one offensive lineman for sure. Uh, as far as the other pick goes, I would like to see a defensive end. I would like to see an edge mm -hmm. rusher. Um, I also wouldn't be horribly mad if they took like their second pick and said, we're going to go for whoever is the best guy on the board. Um, because I've certainly seen a lot of mock drafts, guys like, you know, safety, Kyle Hamilton, yep. like to us, like that's not going to upset me. Just no. make sure you lock in alignment and then what you do with the other pick. Like, like I said, if it's a defensive end, that's going to make me very happy. But if mm -hmm. you feel really strongly about a guy who's like at the top of everybody's boards and you go for him, that's great. Just make sure you yeah. lock down one lineman with yeah. one of the picks. Yeah. All right. And then this is definitely a question. This is a housewives question. It ties into actually what we're going to be talking about tonight in the world of housewives. But I like this because it's like got a little football theme to it, too. Uh, what draft grades would you give each Salt Lake City lady for how they did at the reunion? I was not nice, Katie. In the future, like give give uh, grades for these ladies for the other reunions. But let's um, let's do this together. Let's okay. start with um, let's start with Heather. What grade mm -hmm. would you? Well, I gotta tell you, I'm no, I'm not very nice uh, to any one of these ladies. Um, I thought it was a horrendous reunion. Um, I gave Heather a B. She actually has my highest score. Oh, okay. So I gave Heather an A minus. Um, I I almost gave her an A, and then I changed it to an A minus. I do feel like she didn't do anything that you're like, oh, Heather, really? Come on, like she never disappoints me. I'll put it that way. And I'm always like on her side with everything and everything she says, I gave her an A minus because I think sometimes she is loyal to a fault. I think a lot of these women have said really nasty things about her. And I, as much as I appreciate and envy her ability to like push those things under the rug and not let them affect her. Sometimes I want to be like, give people shit for like right. saying really horrible things about you. Yeah. So, she gets an A minus for being loyal to a fall. Um, okay, how about Whitney? 
I give her a B minus. I gave Whitney a B because she was just kind of there. Like she didn't do anything didn't that do pissed much. me off. She didn't do anything that I was like, yeah, go Whitney. So she just, right. she gets a B. All right. Lisa Barlow. D minus. So annoying. Didn't shut the fuck up. Didn't stop crying, yelling, screaming. Uh, I just, I couldn't. It was too much for me. Yeah, Lisa gets my lowest grade out of all the ladies. She gets an F. I think Ooh. she I think she I didn't give uh, anyone an F. And and we see this a lot with a lot of housewives across a lot of different franchises. I think like Teresa Judice is probably like one of the queens of this, but it's not taking accountability or saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did this, but but I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. But, well, no, just say you're sorry. And at yeah. one point, actually, I'll give Whitney a high grade for this when she was like, Can I give you a piece of advice? Just say sorry. Somebody's telling you, like, you know, you hurt them or whatever. Shut up and just listen. Yeah. She wouldn't do that. Every time the women were trying to say, like, right. you hurt me, she was just trying to defend her own actions. And it was like, no, just say you're sorry, yeah. listen to them, yeah. and be done with it. She wouldn't shut up. You shouldn't be taught how to say, I'm sorry. It's just silly. Yeah. Um, okay. Meredith. D. Ooh. I want to know why, because we have very different grades here. I just, I, I think I'm stuck on the first episode where she still basically lied and said she didn't, you know, partner with Mary on making like racist comments or like things mm -hmm. like that. Like I just, to me, like they showed the film over and over and like called her out and she still just sat there and she was like, yeah. I didn't support that. And it's kind of like, you know what you did. Um, and just basically like she was up Mary's ass all season. And then during the reunion, she was just like, no, you know, just what it, it is, what it was. No, during every episode, you were so far up her ass and defended her every which way. Now you come to the reunion and you're just like, well, yeah. So I just, for me, it just doesn't, I don't, it doesn't do it for me. It's a shame. Uh, Cause I like her, but it, it's so, yeah. So I hear everything you're saying, and I would probably give that grade for Meredith uh, for her season. Like right. not the reunion, but her season. She was infuriating to me this season, and which is really a shame because she was like our favorite in season one. Mm -hmm. um, she had a really, really, really bad season. So I, I actually gave her a B minus though, because she didn't do anything that like really as bad as a season as she had. She didn't drive me as nuts at the reunion, but I am giving her the B minus. Maybe I could have gone lower because I agree with you that I, and this is what infuriates me from the season is when the women were like, you preach kindness, but like, do you hear the things that Mary does? Like, why don't you sit? Like, why don't you yell at her for any of these things that she says? And she kind of had that same attitude at the reunion where she was just like nonchalant about it. And, and that definitely pissed me off. All right, Jenny. Uh, I'm giving Jenny a D because it was beyond cringeworthy, literally listening to her talk about racism with everything that's gone on. So I just, and that's really all I have to say about that. I'm giving her a C because I feel like she was just there. I felt like she didn't add mm -hmm. anything. I also felt like she didn't even need to be on the season. I said that too. Yeah. Like, I felt like she was unnecessary. I actually think her cringiest moment is when the husbands came out and they were talking about, yeah. you know, asking her husband, like, yeah, you're a doctor. You know how dangerous this was. You were willing to risk her life to have another kid. Yeah. I found that very cringy. entire segment extremely cringy. I mm -hmm. was like disgusted by it. Um, and so I gave her a C.
All right. And last but not least, Miss Jen Shaw. She doesn't get my lowest, um, but it's pretty average with everyone else. I just give her a D because I, I actually feel like she didn't really do too much actually in the reunion until the last episode where it was basically just all about her, you know, accusations and the trial and just, I, she's I, lying through her teeth, I think. Um, so that's really just a lot, like, I don't know, a lot of feelings there, but I just, I don't yeah. know. I'm giving her a C minus um, just because it's I It's big feel- for you. It's big for you. I feel like you'd give her an F just so no, yeah, <laughs> not no, liking what? You really look back at the season though, compared to her in season one, she was a lot more chill in season two. She still, there's just still she's too many still moments. She's there's still, still too crazy. many moments where she, she just literally, moments. but she was really, really bad. Like season one, I was ready to deem her like my most hated housewife right. of all time. I think Mary totally like took the case, oh, yeah. you know, from her and, and took that. And I feel like, although I don't like her still, she was bearable. Okay. Like I can deal with you. I'm giving her a C minus just because like some of the crap she was saying when Andy was trying to ask her about her trial. And of course, oh, yeah. like she can't speak on certain things, obviously right. act like she was like oblivious to like what was going on or, or treating everything so nonchalantly was like, right. just be real, like be real. Right. right. But yeah, we're going to yeah. dive into, trust me, we're going to dive into the reunion later. We got lots more to say about it, but I think we got to, we got to get into the craziness of football. Well, I do have a little asterisk. I want to give an A to the the husbands for um, shouting out going to therapy and how cool it is to go to therapy. So I want to give them, they had cringeworthy moments, but all yeah. of them did their hand and they were like if you have problems like you should go to not problems sorry just go see a therapist so i I give them an a by no means do i i would i ever think that these guys like are even close to the new jersey cast but i will i will say i do like these women's like i do like husbands in salt lake city so Mm -hmm. yes kudos to them kudos to them all righty, let's get into the big stories of the week for football. And obviously, if you guys are watching, we know we just went through questions. If you have any questions for us as you're watching live on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, please go ahead and send them in. Uh, if you have any commentary too, we're happy to share it on screen as we're live right now. But let's get into retirement news. And I guess unretirement news. So is that a word? Uh, just over a month after announcing his retirement, quarterback Tom Brady announced on Sunday that he will return to Tampa Bay to play in his 23rd season. The retirement lasted 40 days, though it was never official as it came, uh, it never came across the league transaction wire. So that's like news to me. Uh, and he did remain under contract technically. Um, so with Tampa Bay, Tom Brady will be 45 at the start of the 2022 season. Um, and we do have a a quote on the back from Mr. Tom Brady himself. Uh, so this was his Instagram post. Uh, and I think it was definitely, I think it was shared across, uh, I I actually saw it on LinkedIn, actually (laughs) it was on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook as well. So all, it was probably on the TikTok too. Um, These past two months, I have realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. Without them, none of this is possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. We have unfinished business 
LFG, which means let's effing go. So I got to tell you, Katie, my head is spinning from this. I literally read your text message when you sent it to me. I was leaving my parents' house. We were there for my dad's birthday. And it was like right as I was getting into my car to like drive home. So I couldn't even like text you back or like react to it. So the whole car ride home, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, like angry, like a 30 minute car ride is like angry, not knowing what's going on, wanting to get on Twitter, wanting to dive into it. Yeah. And I just got to say to me, it's mind boggling. I think he is an intention whore. I don't, the spotlight wasn't on him for two seconds. Um, I think he sees, you know, that division as a weakness now and that he could potentially come back and do big things. Um, I think it was a weakness last year, but I think it's even more of a weakness now. So, um, and I just think it's hilarious, all the posts where it's like Tom Brady spent 40 days with his wife and kids and just wanted to get the hell out of there. So, but to me, it's, it's mind boggling, but you know, what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, it it's kind of like I I feel two ways about it. I'm happy that he's going to continue to play football because I feel as though a lot of those guys, like a lot of the greats, will say, "Well, you know, I'll retire when I suck, like when I'm not good anymore." And I really truly believe Tom Brady just, in my opinion, just had the best season statistically of his entire career this past year. Right. This guy is totally capable of winning another Super Bowl. So, like, as much as people hate Tom Brady. I respect him. And like, I want to see a 45 year old still playing at this level. So I didn't think he should have retired because I still feel like he can go out there, he can compete and he can win a Super Bowl. So I'm happy that he's going right. to come back and continue to play football. I am annoyed that like, don't retire unless you're like a hundred, but like, it's such a big decision. Yeah. And there's a whole off season. Like it, you didn't have to make that announcement that you were retiring when you did. You could have taken more time to keep thinking about it because you were clearly unsure of it. You were not a hundred percent. So yes, it's annoying. It's definitely like, I know you said attention whore. I still think Aaron Rodgers takes the cake on that one. I well, think they could just like, you I know, think he's the absolute group together. Um, but don't like, and this is for everybody. Like don't make decisions like that just to come back a month later and say, just kidding. I'm coming back. It's very annoying, but I am happy that he's going to continue right. to play football because I, when he made the decision to retire, it also felt we complained like, well, we didn't know this was coming. Like he didn't have like his final right. send off and it just felt very abrupt. Yeah. So I think it's good. He's coming back, but it was annoying in the fashion that he did it. I agree. Cause then you could have done it properly. So like Andrew Whitworth. So yesterday, offensive tackle, Andrew Whitworth officially announced his retirement after 16 NFL seasons. Whitworth was the second round pick out of LSU in 2006 and spent his first 11 seasons with Cincinnati. In 2017, he moved to the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, he won Super Bowl 56 at 40 years old with them. Uh, he was also named the 2021 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. We spoke about that a lot a couple episodes ago. Um, earned four Pro Bowl selections and two first-team All-Pro honors throughout his career. So just honestly, like, Clap it up for him, you know, 40 years old. Look at all the stats that we just read off for him. Phenomenal career on two different teams. Won a Super Bowl. Now can he he can definitely 
ride off into the sunset. And there is a, a video surfacing now. I guess they probably kept it on the low because he didn't announce his retirement. He's talking to his wife and kids on the field after the Super Bowl. Um, and he's just telling his kids, like, isn't this so cool? Like, isn't this the best? Well, guess what? Like, daddy's, you know, he's done with football. So he's going to spend more time with them and things like that. It's a very emotional video, but it's very, it's amazing. And I just props to whoever filmed it, um, kind of keeping it on the low down until he decided to come out and officially retire himself. So, mm -hmm. uh, I absolutely love Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. I How can you not think on my, get it off my chest when he, after he won the Walter right. of the year award this year, um, nobody like deserves like to ride off into the sunset mm -hmm. in this fashion, the way Andrew Whitworth does what a career. Oh my God. Just an amazing player but a way more amazing person. And, you know, I, as a Giants fan, I don't have too many players that, like, I gush over that are not on the New York Giants. This is a guy that, like, I'm so incredibly happy for. Right. And hats off. Enjoy retirement. And enjoy, enjoy riding off into the sunset with a Super Bowl ring. And what he's probably more proud of, the Walter Payton Man of the mm -hmm. Year Award. So congrats to right. him. A phenomenal career. We can only be so lucky to have an offensive lineman like that on our team. I agree. All right. Well, let's dive into free agency. Obviously, there have been so it's gonna be like many moves. Rapid fire. This is totally going to be rapid fire. And I was I, saying, do you think you can do this whole list without taking a breath? I'm gonna take a, a sip of water first. <laughs> let's see how many Katie can. I'm totally going to be parched by the end of this. So let me take the water. It's like a wrap. Just kind of just spill it out. <laughs> we got a lot, but I am going to go pretty rapid fire with it. Yeah. And obviously, Kate, any thoughts that you have? Anybody that you want to like talk about? I can wait till the I can wait. It's like one of those wait yeah, till the yeah, end yeah. to have questions. <laughs> so this is a big one. Um, the traders traded for linebacker Khalil Mack. Uh, Las Vegas, they gave defensive end Max Crosby a four-year, $98 million contract extension. Cleveland, they traded for wide receiver Amari Cooper, officially bye-bye from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Arizona, they signed tight end Zach Ertz. They're keeping him on a three-year deal. Minnesota gave quarterback Kirk Cousins a one-year, $35 million contract extension. Dallas, you know, losing Amari Cooper, but signing wide receiver Michael Gallup to a five-year, $62 million deal. Um, Green Bay, they released linebacker Zadarius Smith, who, by the way, news came out now, like a couple hours ago, he's going to be with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Miami, they are keeping defensive end Emmanuel Agba on a four-year, $65 million deal. Miami, they agreed to terms with running back Chase Edmonds, certainly needed running backs over in Miami. Cleveland, they are bringing in Amari Cooper, but they are releasing wide receiver Jarvis Landry, longtime Cleveland Brown. Um, Arizona agreeing to terms with uh, to keep running back James Conner. The Steelers signing quarterback Mitchell Trubisky to a two-year deal. Seattle signed Quandre Diggs to a three-year deal worth up to $40 million. Uh, Philadelphia, as we said before, agreed to terms with linebacker Hassan Reddick. Jacksonville signed wide receiver Christian Kirk to a four-year, $72 million deal. Green Bay re-signed linebacker Devondre Campbell to a five-year, $50 million deal. 
Miami signed Caitlin's guy, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, to a one-year deal to compete against Tua. Both of her, both of the guys there. <laughs> um, I'm sure you'll have stuff to say about that. But the Chargers. <laughs> oh, this was this was actually a jaw-dropping one for me as well. When I heard this one, I said the Chargers are winning the Super Bowl next season. It's done. Game over. They signed cornerback Jason yeah. Jackson to a five-year, eighty-two million dollar deal. That was one of the top free agents. And like, go play. off, Chargers. He ran on a Chargers defense that is already super, super solid, and then to mm-hmm. add a guy like that, the Chargers are contending for a Super Bowl this season. Hundred percent. Uh, Jacksonville, they signed tight end Evan Ingram to a one-year deal. He is officially out of New York. I know a lot of Giants fans are kind of celebrating that one. Um, speaking of New York and tight ends, the Jets signed tight end CJ Uzama, Uzama to a three-year deal. I thought that was a great pickup for them. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville signed wide receiver Zay Jones to a three-year deal worth up to $30 million. Baltimore signed safety Marcus Williams to a five-year $70 million deal. Buffalo signed running back J.D. McKissick. Denver signed uh, defensive end Randy Gregory to a five-year $70 million deal. Atlanta agreed to a five-year $24 million contract extension with kicker Youngway Koo. Tampa Bay signed wide receiver Russell Gage. The Giants signed quarterback Tyrod Taylor to a two-year $17 million deal. Uh, Jacksonville signed cornerback Darius Williams to a three-year $30 million deal. Las Vegas released defensive end Carl Nassib and signed defensive end Chandler Jones. Tennessee released wide receiver Julio Jones. I know that was surprising to a lot of people. And then as Caitlin said earlier in the show, the latest update is the Bills signing Von Miller. That is everything up to date, people. I think Good. I think we got everybody in there. How did I do? I'm going to take another sip of water. I think you did great. You, you know, that was a good, it wasn't that, it wasn't that speedy. You got through a very, but in a good amount of time. So listen, I think just a couple of things stand out to me. Um, I was definitely kind of, I, I questioned the Browns picking up Amari Cooper. That was definitely something that I thought about right away. And then the release of Jarvis Landry that tied it together, but I still put a question mark on that double transaction. So, um, and I love Amari Cooper. Do not get me wrong. I think the NFL misuses him. So that's why I, I struggle with him going to the Browns, but then it made sense when they released Jarvis Landry, they needed a wide receiver. So, uh, definitely still a question mark for me. Um, obviously, um, I am <laughs> very concerned about Teddy Bridgewater going to Miami um, because Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, if you guys have watched the show, uh, he is a QB1 in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, with Denver this year, he did get had a concussion, was out for a couple of weeks, you know, going back and forth with Drew Locke. Just unfortunate situation as he has had since his Minnesota Viking days with injury. I do think he is... QB won though. So I'm not, uh, so that's why I'm, I'm a little upset because I think he camp is going to be him against Tua. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a starter backup scenario. I think they right. are going to compete. I think, I think, yeah, that's one of those situations where it's like you, you have these two guys here and you kind of like, know, like, okay, one's our starter. We'll see if the backup kind of, no, I think this it's, is like a legitimate QB1 competition. Right. So to me, I'm like, gosh, that kills me to see that. Cause I don't want to root against one of them, but we will. I mean, obviously only one's hanging up on my back wall. So I guess I know where my full allegiance is to. Yeah, honestly, but- you have to lean with Tua. He played it. I know. 
But I, you know, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I, I know you I do. Hate, that to me he's would be like the league. deciding factor. And it is. But he's been in the league for so long. And I hate that he just, people just overlook him constantly. So I'm always going to defend him. I'm always going to be on his side. So it's just a, a shitty situation in my, my opinion. But, um, and then obviously happy from a giant standpoint, I'm, I'm, am happy that Evan Ingram is gone. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. I'm, I, I don't hate the signing. I really don't. $17 million though is my biggest question mark. Cause he's technically getting paid like a starter. Um, but he, I, but he is a starter in my opinion. So I think that that's where I kind of just like, I wonder where. I don't know, think that's like, I don't think that's getting paid as a starter, but that's a really cheap. It's an upwards. I think it's like, I think backups make like, are like average 12 mil and then starters can make that. It's like, it's like 17 or 18 up to like something else. So he's in that range of starter, starter money. So to me, I thought it was a little pricey. So that's where I kind of raised the flag, but I don't hate it at all. I actually do like him and he's, you know, it's known for Tyrod Taylor to come in and make and quarterbacks look real good and other, and, you know, quarterbacks do a lot better. So, and he's very talented. So I'd love for him to help out Daniel Jones as much as he can. Um, and that's, and and that's really it. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised about the Julio Jones thing. Uh, he didn't do anything in Tennessee. They didn't do anything with him. So I'm, I'm not surprised about it. That's it. And it was a lot. Like, I like that a lot of, I like that a lot of teams kind of stuck with guys that maybe they brought in free. Like I'm, I'm thinking Arizona here because they brought in James Connor and free agency right. last year. I thought it was like the best free agency pickup last year. And now mm-hmm. they've agreed to terms to keep him. I think that's great. They picked up Zach Ertz that's in the big, middle of the season, yeah. who ended up really, really doing, doing well, well for them once he got there. So I think to to keep both of those guys, I think is great. I also like the move from Minnesota, keeping Kirk Cousins on a one year deal. Um, I know you like that. I know you like that. Well, yes. uh, no, I love Kirk Cousins, but I, I think it was do. really good for them because we've said it every week on the show. Who are you going to else going to go not after? A year, this is not the year to like need a quarterback. Right. Like I consider Kirk Cousins a more than capable starting quarterback in the NFL. And so I know a lot the of Vikings can like, still go after a quarterback in the draft. Like I want people to yeah. know that, but well, this yeah, signing was honestly, perfect. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but right. I think it was important to at least like lock him down for the year. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh. That's going to be interesting just because I, I think there are definitely a lot of people that still view him as a QB one, but then you have a, the other half of people who are like, I know I see him as a backup. So what I'm curious is how does, how do the Steelers view him? Right. Do they bring him in viewing him as like, we still are going to need to get somebody else or are they viewing him like, no, he's going to be, it's going to be like our bridge gap, like in between yeah. like, like he's going to take, he's going to be here for two years. Yeah. It's a two year deal while we wait to kind of get our franchise quarterback. I think that's what it is. I don't, I, I don't, I think this, well, are they them- viewing him like, yes, like we're not going to bring in anybody else. We're just going to like commit to the fact that like, we're not going to get our franchise quarterback this year. So let's just let Mitchell yeah. be QB one and, and go from there. That's what I think they are doing. Yeah. Yes. I think getting him pulls them out of the QB race in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So a lot going on. A lot going on. And there's still going to be more. Obviously, we're trying. Things to- probably happened. <laughs> well, we were talking. No, I mean, I checked. I checked. We yeah. are, as of right now, we are. We're up good. To, All right. Things could change by the end of the episode. So you never know.
All right, people. So this is it. You've got the latest and greatest right here. Yes, you do. I just refresh NFL's Instagram. We are good. <laughs> we are good. And we'll continue to do so at, throughout the show. If there's any, listen, a lot of moves are going to be happening. If any breaking ones happen, we'll let you know. Um, but speaking of real time, uh, we'll move into Housewives for the week. Um, we are going to do our recap of the Real Houses of Salt Lake City reunions over the past three weeks. They've given us three parts. I know Katie and I do, you know, agree with each other that three a lot is a lot sometimes by the time we get to the third part we are very anxiety ridden we are frustrated um and i i must say that yes i i feel those feelings right now after three episodes so we broke it down into all three and we're just going to discuss the main things uh that have happened so i'll go ahead and start with part one um and just say what had happened and we'll have an open discussion about it so Part one discussion, you know, the women didn't know Mary was not going to be a no-show. So it was a big surprise to them. Uh, Andy explained that he spoke with her and she was not happy about the allegations. The women spoke around around her church. Uh, Meredith apologizes to Jen, saying her hostility and animosity this season came from five, uh, private family troubles off screen. Uh, Mary's racist comments about Jenny are addressed and Mary is, uh, excuse me, Meredith is confronted as to why she gave Mary a pass on these sort of things. So that was what I addressed uh, in our uh, questions earlier that I do think Mary, uh, excuse me, Meredith swept it under the rug again. And there's, there's video, there's video proof that she's kind of nodding along when they played the video receipts and it just. And it's a struggle now because of everything that's happened with Jenny. Um, I still, it's, I struggle with it because she's saying you can't do this to me, but then she can do it to another race. So that's where I'm struggling it with it right now. But either, I, both I, cases are not right. Pull that aside and just looking it's at It's still the not line. correct. It's right. not okay. You, it's, No way in shape or form is not okay. What Mary did was not okay. Right. And to see Meredith just kind of sit there and just kind of like nod along and like, kind of like laugh almost, but she defended that. She was like, oh, it was like a nervous laugh. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. The way I react to things sometimes, I kind of have like a weird like face to things. Like you would have caught that weird face on camera. Like I would have been like, oh, did you just like do that? Like you can't do that. Like it's just not something that you could do. And like you just, you, you say that like loudly. So I think Meredith like puts up a front that she will defend people, but like she doesn't. So. Yeah, no, I was really happy about the fact that like all those video receipts played and Andy asked her about it and they oh, were yeah. grilling her about it. And that makes you happy. Like as a viewer watching it and be like, yes, like, yes, like this is what we need to call her out on because this was really messed up. But what was disappointing is was Meredith's reaction to it, which was really no reaction at all. So it's kind of like it's like not getting closure on the situation and not like that person admitting that they were wrong. Right. Meredith never really owned up to like doing anything wrong. And that was what what it almost just like made it worse. So. Yeah. Well, I just looked at, I was looking at my phone because I got a comment on Facebook. It didn't come through on our episode, but my brother is watching through Facebook. He's watching it through my feed, like my personal feed. And he commented, yeah, like to me, yeah, you do with the face thing where I'm like, I constantly just like, look, it is very true. I can't hold my facial expression. So if you make a comment like that, I'm not just going to laugh nervously. I'm going to be like, 
did this bitch just say that? <laughs> like, you can't say that. So, I mean, with everything else, though, like, I think Mary not showing up, like, the women being shocked, I I think that was kind of staged, in my opinion. It, it seemed very, like, not real. Hmm. I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I really get that vibe, but... And- I kind of did. And then, like, I don't know, like, Meredith, too, like, apologizing, like, with Jen, like, with the things behind. I don't think she needs to apologize to Jen. Like, Jen was actually shady to her family and, like, not good to her family. So, like, I don't. So, kind of getting, and I'm not saying that this means that she gets a pass because it certainly doesn't mean that. But it almost, like, relieved me a little bit because, like, when Meredith explained why she was the way she was this season. Because right. we loved her so much in season one. It was like one, a complete turn. But it was so disappointing to see her act the way she did in season two. It was like really upsetting. And almost to hear her be like, that's almost in a way like that's not really me. I was just going through a lot of things. Right. And so like that's why I was coming off so aggressive. It gives you hope that like in season three, we can get back to Meredith from season yeah. one. Agreed. Alrighty. So part two, uh, the date of Meredith's father memorial, uh, Lisa maintains that Meredith told her that she was at the memorial on the phone when they were in the, the infamous sprinter van. Uh, <laughs> um, Lisa is crying in her trailer during the lunch break. Uh, Cameron was a hot topic and this was a hot topic that he's, you know, he's has since passed away like that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that until watching the reunion that I know like that like shook me to my core. Like, uh, it was just so mind boggling. So obviously you guys like need to watch to, to understand that a little bit more. Um, but it was very shocking to hear that during the reunion. Uh, Lisa admits, uh, she may have gotten the number wrong on how much money he mortgaged to help with the church. And Whitney claims that he had had an affair with Mary. Um, and this is just like, it's not great because this, this man is now deceased. I hated right. how much they, they went on about it. It was it, very, it was like, it was, Cameron was a big segment for part two of the reunion. It and it was me. extremely uncomfortable to know I didn't that like it. man has passed away. passed away. And they were like, there was absolutely no need. And to Mary like, wasn't right. there. Right. And there was absolutely no reason for Whitney to like make a claim that right. she like, if you're 100% know something is a fact, fine. But you're, like, speculating something based on hearsay. And the man right. isn't there anymore to defend himself. And it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Like, obviously, like, we dive into, you know, the, the reasons, you know, Meredith is so upset with Lisa. And Andy addresses that hot mic moment. Um, so, what, what bothered me, so we get actually into it in part three it's like the beginning of part three is where like lisa sits down with meredith and she's like i just want to like i really want to apologize like because they bring up the hot mic moment where lisa's behind the doors and she's like she slept with all of all this and she cheats on her husband like when they film this reunion by the way in real time of them filming the reunion they're watching the season. They're like in the middle of the season playing out on television. So Meredith does say like, I only just saw this episode right. and saw this hot mic moment like 48 hours ago. Yeah. So it's so all fresh. The wounds are very fresh. Very, very fresh. So like what pissed me off the most was that like, and we're getting into part three, but we're talking about other things in part three was the opening of like 
her sitting on the couch next to Meredith and Meredith's like, I don't really want to talk about this. Like while the cameras aren't rolling, cameras are rolling. Um, but they, she was like, I don't really talk about it. And she's like, you, you came after my family. Like you lied. And then Lisa goes, well, I heard that like you made fun of my like renovations of my house. I swear to God, if someone ever made up a, a lie about me, my livelihood, my family, my friends, my relationships, things like that. You did. Oh, she's frozen. Big, am I still here? You're here. You're good. I'm here. Go over like uh, I made fun of your house. Like you're literally it's a renovation as opposed to ruining a family. Like I hated that. That moment to me was the worst from her at the whole entire episode. So. Right. And so obviously Meredith um, goes into why she was so upset with Lisa, which she explains like while her father was sick three days before he passed away, she had reached out to Lisa and said, my father is dying. Like he's do he's not doing well at all. And she's saying that Lisa never really like reached out to her. And then three days later, her dad died. And Meredith was the one who had to like go and be like, my father died instead of Lisa being like checking in on her to see how, yeah. how he was doing. And so she was very hurt by that. Then she goes on to explain that episode we saw where she invited Lisa over for Shabbat dinner. Right. And apparently that was like just a couple of days after her father passed away. And instead of Lisa just going to Shabbat dinner and being there for Meredith, we see the two of them get in kind of a fight, a over, fight. over Jen over and Jen. like Meredith and Jen. So Hearing all that, you, you understand where like Meredith is coming from. So. Their friendship is very faulty, and I think a lot of it is not. They might have known each other for for years, they claim, but it's just not. It's not. A, it's not true, in my opinion. Right, and obviously, when you have that moment at the reunion where, where they take their lunch break and Lisa is crying in in her trailer, it's because she's clearly embarrassed. She's saying to producers, "Like you guys knew what you were doing, like when you put that on there, yeah. like you caught me in a rage." Well, like, don't say that shit in a rage. You were caught or not, like you said these things, like so. Don't be mad at producers, no. like just apologize and admit that you were wrong. Like whether it was caught or not is not the, is not the thing. The thing is yeah. you said these things. That was how you felt at the time. Yeah. You were in like a blind rage and you probably regret some of, some of it, all of it, but just like, don't be mad at them. Be mad at yourself that you 100%. nasty things. hundred percent. Alrighty. And then finally part three and uh, wraps up a very stressful reunion for sure. The husbands join and Sharif also known as coach is asked about his knowledge in regards to the allegations against his wife. Um, Sharif asked, uh, asked, excuse me, he asked how they could afford their lifestyle. Um, so reality uh, rally.com dug up public record that in 2020, his salary at the university of Utah was $553,000. hairs. Uh, and I thought it would be, it's actually. more, it's more than I thought it was going to be. So I have uh, some, uh, some thoughts on that, but the rest of part three is, is, is about like the, is about Jen, the upcoming travel. So trial, sorry. Um, I have some thoughts on that. So that was one of the biggest topics of the episode of, you know, Jen being very defensive around people asking her where she gets this money and like, does coach really coach these things? And she made, she whines about the fact that people are saying that he's like a youth football coach or things like that. 
she actually portrays him as someone who coaches like at like a junior college. Never, ever, ever has she. So in this reunion, she's like, Utah just went to the Rose Bowl last year. Like he's actually like he does all this. He was an NFL like a recruiter like back in the day, like or a scout. But whenever this came out of her mouth, like it was I got the impression that he coached at like a junior college. I never thought, or he was like one of the 15 assistant coaches. I never knew what a big shot he was until this reunion when she laid it all out. And then she said, I don't understand why people think he's a a junior coach because she makes it out that way. So that was something that was super eye-opening to me. Obviously the, the dollar amount there was eye-opening to me. I didn't realize he made that much money, um, college still coaches. what he makes, still what he makes, which is a phenomenal, I know. phenomenal salary. Like we'll take. Still does not. At the end of the day, that much money does not equate to, to what they are spending and right. living. And right. the part that annoyed me the most, and I texted Caitlin this when I was watching part three, was uh, when Andy asked Sharif like how do you feel about like when people are like, Oh, where does this money come from? How are they living like this? And Sharice's response was no, because I know my wife and she's worked 20 plus years. And I was cracking up because Jen Shaw is like, what in her forties, most 40 year olds have been working, working 20 for plus years 20 of their years. life. That doesn't mean that we're like throwing Meredith a random birthday party in season one for like $60,000. No. It's a, joke. it's a joke. Most of us, most adults have worked for 20 plus years. That Seriously. does not mean we are living life like that. So that, yeah. that part made yeah. me crack up. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And just, with like the trial and like everything like that, a lot of question marks. And obviously I understand like she was asked some questions that she wasn't allowed to answer, but she was even asked like the basic questions, like how much time are you going to serve? She's like, no, I don't talk to my lawyers. Like, well, she was acting oblivious. Like she didn't know the answer to these things. And that's making it seem like you're not taking it seriously. Like if I was going to go to prison for a year, let alone 20 or 30, I would be so far up my lawyer's asses knowing what's going on, like everything like that. Would I say it to the Real Housewives reunion camera people? Probably not, but I'd still be so stressed about it and still like, but act like, but act like you know the severity of it. Don't, yeah, that's the point. Like it's no big deal. Like, it's just not even like a thing. I don't know. No, that's the point. Part three was literally just like Jen. It was the Jen show. And it kind of got boring. And at that point, it was was another thing of like, we don't need three parts of this. And by the time it was done, I was just ready to be done with it. It was done, done, done. Yeah. But listen, I mean, I think think we said that, yeah, they're filming. They are filming right now. Yep. Um, And we've definitely gotten some rumors about potential new cast members. Once we get a little bit more confirmation and more information on that, um, we'll we'll let you guys know. But, you know, Salt Lake City, it is proving to be a a good franchise. Um, And, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes for season three. But obviously Jen's trial, which was supposed to be March. Now. July. So we will not get that story. Got to wait. but we'll see. I'm, I'm sure the women have other juicy stories for us waiting. Got to wait just a little bit longer. 
All right, well, let's get into our game for, for the night. Um, it is going back to free agency and, and all the names we were listing before. It is one of our go-to games called You Can Get With This or You Can Get With, with That. that. I think well, that was good. Hot- we were really on sync with that one. That was good. That was I think good. it's been a hot minute since we played this one. This one is a free agency edition version of the game. Um, it's, it's a, this or that. Uh, so we're basically going to take a look at some of the free agency moves that have been made so far and answer which player we would rather have. Now, this is not going to be based on like, Oh, would you rather have this player for this amount of money in this many years versus this size contract? This is just going to be, who would you rather have straight up skill wise? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start off. We got eight of them. We're going to start with quarterbacks here. Uh, obviously, the Giants have one of them. But first one is, would you rather have quarterback Mitchell Trubisky or quarterback Tyrod Taylor? I had made um, like a point to this earlier. Um, I am going with Tyrod Taylor. Um, to me, he is a QB1. Um, and I know you had brought up that some people do think Mitch Trubisky is still a QB1. I don't really see that, um, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor on this one. So this is like an asterisk one for me because like if I'm if I'm literally and this is not how I answered it, but in in a way where I'm looking at like if the Giants were going to get one of these guys, right. who I'd rather have, and I, I would rather have Tyrod on the Giants because I don't think he's necessarily threatening Daniel Jones so much for for the uh, starting quarterback position, and I think he's a veteran, very knowledgeable, played for many different teams. I think he's an asset to help right. Daniel Jones learn more about the game and everything like that. So I'd rather have him on the Giants, but in the grand scheme of things, I do feel like gun to my head, who is who is a QB1? If I had to pick, I'm going with Mitchell Trubisky on this one over Tyrod. All right. All right, number two, tight end Zach Ertz or tight end CJ Uzama? So I think that Zach Ertz has done a great, you know, has molded himself in Arizona, obviously gets an extension there contract wise. But I think about what his like their past has done, like to help them in the future. I don't think, you know, his his latest pass with the Eagles is going to help him in the future. Like he had a great standout season, you know, going to the Cardinals. I think CJ Uzama got with the Bengals. I think he did such a phenomenal job in his past couple of, you know, I, I really liked him. I called him out on many episodes this past season, really good tight end. So I actually think that puts him up for a little bit more success in the future. So I had to give the upper hand to him on this one. All right. I um, went with Zach Hertz and I said, as long as he can stay healthy, I feel he has been the more consistent player throughout his career um yeah he's always just kind of fighting the injury bugs so you just gotta again hope that he stays healthy but i like him overall as a player better um all right number three running back chase edmonds or running back jd mckissick so i am going with uh chase edmonds on this one um so he finds himself in the end zone more and for me it's a little bit more attractive that he's been on one team as a whole um i you know, and you see uh, J.D. McKissick, he's been on a couple of teams throughout the year. So I think if like you're 
obviously, you know, these teams have made like decisions, but if you want to put on your free agency hat and you're like, Hey, moves still could be made. If you're looking at these two guys, for me, it's like this guy finds the end zone more, he's doing more things and his track record is one team. It's, it's hard to go from team to team to team. So that's where my decision is on this one. Sometimes you and I are on completely different pages and then other times we're, we're spot on we're speaking <laughs> in the back sentence. So I'm going with Chase Edmonds and I will read you word for word. <laughs> Both good backs. He can also catch. I give the edge to Edmonds because he finds the end zone more. So I think we just, it's that uh, 30 years of friendship. <laughs> you can't beat uh, it, people. All right, number four, wide receiver Christian Kirk or wide receiver Michael Gallup? So fun, unique fact, the two of them have the same amount of yardage. And I knew you were going to write this down. And I like had to like double check the outline because I wanted to make this a point because I thought it was so fascinating. And I want fascinating. It is fascinating. They have the same amount of yardage. And I will give you the yardage. It's 2,902. They both, so that was just mind boggling. I wanted yeah. to just give them a tie just because that fact was insane. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Christian Kirk um, just because he has more yards and touchdowns in 2021. So if we're looking from the past season moving to this one, uh, he actually did a little bit better last year. So that's why I'm giving him the edge on this one. But I knew, again, I had to check the outline to make sure that you were doing the game. <laughs> Because I knew you were going to have this stat because Katie is like the analytics queen. And I was like, I want to be able to point this. <laughs> That's so funny. I know you have. I know you have it written down. Yeah. So again, word for word, I'll read you what I have. I picked <laughs> Christian Kirk and I wrote literally fun fact. Fun fact. What I wrote, they've both been in the league for four years and both have 2,902 career receiving yards. That's I said, well, like Kirk because last year he was able to put up 982 receiving yards and five touchdowns in what was a really loaded Arizona Cardinals offense. So the fact that he was able right. to put up those numbers where there's so many guys on that team to, you know, potentially take stats away from him, he really shines. So I'm going to go with him on this one. Well, those fun facts, it's like our, our friends at uh, Big Blue Avenue who always have those crazy uh, stats on hand. So uh, that, was, that was like, you can't make that one up. No, you, the same amount of time in the NFL and yep. the same exact yards to a T is pretty yep. insane. I had, to, I had to double look like a couple of times just to make sure I was seeing it correctly. <laughs> um, all right. Number five, defensive end Max Crosby or defensive end Emmanuel Agba? So I'm just going to go with Max Crosby on this one, only because he's been in the league a shorter amount of time, but his numbers are actually pretty close uh, to Emmanuel's on this one. Um, and I just, for me, that's more impressive going into a new season. You want a fresh young guy who's actually putting up a lot of numbers to a veteran. So, yeah. We're, we're getting weird with this one. So I, I, uh, I went with Max Crosby. I wrote, this is a case of loving both these players and thinking right. that they're equally as good. So I choose the younger player as the deciding factor. So I went with Max Crosby as well. Number six, linebacker Khalil Mack or linebacker Hassan Reddick? Listen, I am very terrified that Hassan Reddick is going to be coming at Daniel Jones this season. Yeah. But I am also terrified to ever pick against Khalil Mack because to right. me, when it comes to linebackers, he is one of the greatest. He terrifies me and I don't care what team he is on. He's going to do work. So I just couldn't 
find myself to pick, I had to go with Khalil Mack. Okay, I, I did go with Hassan Reddick on this one. I said, Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. <laughs> That's, That's it. my... Not taking anything away from him, but I said he is coming off of an injury and Reddick is the young, younger player who is extremely dominant in his own right. So right. I, I'm going with Reddick. All right, number seven, wide receiver Zay Jones or wide receiver Russell Gage? So I'm going to go with Russell Gage on this one. And the interesting thing with these two players, they've actually like flip-flopped over the years. And what I mean by that is that Zay Jones earlier in his career kind of was like coming up hot in this past couple of years. I think he had like zero touchdowns this past year, which is kind of, or like he had like a very low number. And then you look at Russell Gage and his is different. So like he started off low and then these past yeah. couple of years, he's been doing really, really well. So again, moving into a new season, that's more attractive to me. So that's why I'm going to go with Russell Gage here. I went with Russell Gage and, and there's not much to it here. I just said, I just think he's a better player straight up. Um, and last but not least, we're going on the, on the defensive side, safety Marcus Williams or safety Quandre Diggs. It's very similar to what we had said before uh, with Max Crosby and Emmanuel Agba. Um, you know, Marcus Williams has, has been pretty impressive, younger in his career, as opposed to Quandre Diggs. So um, I am just going to give it, you know, it's a little, it's, it's funny because it's the Saints and the Seahawks here. So I kind of like look at it like from that perspective as well. Um, but I, I am going to give the, the slight edge to Marcus Williams on this one. And I'm giving a slight edge to Quandre Diggs. Oh, he disagrees. and their stats are both so impressive, and they're pretty. They're pretty tight. They're right there with each other. I think they're both great ball hawk. Uh, ball hawks. I think it was the yeah. interception stat that got me. I think that. Um, Williams I think have more interceptions. No, time. I think Williams. Well, he does. He does. But I think Williams is only like three or four behind him. And he's only been in the NFL for like four seasons, I think, as opposed. So that's where I yeah. think well, my mind is. Are, they, they get interceptions. They right. have a lot of passes, defense, a lot of tackles. Oh, they it both is, get interceptions, which is. Yeah. Come my is, way. I'll take that. Like, <laughs> it is very close. I'm right. a slight edge to Diggs. Right. Well, that was a good one. That was interesting. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot of moves going on. You know, these guys have found, found homes, you know, contract right. extensions, free agents here. Um, so a lot of stuff is going on. It's really interesting to compare a lot of these guys and put them up next to each other, especially because the list that Katie just read before, there is a lot going on. A lot of moves that are making uh, are being made. So, I mean, I don't know. We could find more people on this list in the coming future. So Alrighty, is that time of the episode where we get it off our best positive, negative football, housewives, wine, life, anything that you want to tell our audience, Katie, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Obviously, football is my number one thing, my favorite sport to watch, but I, I would be lying if I said March Madness is not my favorite sporting event of the entire year. I love it. It honestly, it when, when we like joke and we say like, oh, this feels like Christmas to us. March Madness really, truly does feel like Christmas. It's a very exciting time. The first day is like a magical feeling of like, oh my God, here it is. Like breaking out your bracket, <laughs> like watching like 50 games at once. It doesn't get any better. Um, so I'm very excited. Obviously the play-in games have uh, happened yesterday. We got more um, today, tonight. And then the first round of games starts tomorrow. So I'm very excited for it. I am a Duke basketball fan. Go Duke. And uh 
just a little side thing. Like I was laughing because I know a lot of people thought that the Giants were going to bring in Mitchell Trubisky. And, and I had a little bit of a chuckle because even though I don't have a college football team, I'm like, well, we got Daniel Jones. Can we really have a Duke quarterback and a UNC quarterback? It wouldn't like, work. It wouldn't like, work out. I'm I'm like glad that Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> is not on the Giants. Not just for that reason, but I I am happy with bringing in Tyrod for mm-hmm. uh, reasons that I kind of said before. Uh, but yeah, everybody enjoy March Madness if if you're into it. If you're not, I always say, even if you don't watch, fill out a bracket because you yeah. will most likely win. It's the people who know nothing because nothing. that's how random March Madness ends mm-hmm. up being. And I think that's another reason why I love it is, uh, and I know we love any NFL season where it feels like the Super Bowl is up for grabs for many right. teams. And that's how March Madness is year after year. Any team can win it. You have the upsets. You have the Cinderella teams. It's all very exciting, and I can't wait. That's so why it's you. madness. Everybody, good luck with your brackets if you fill them out, and hopefully we all win some money. Go Gonzaga. I love I, – I have Gonzaga winning, so oh. obviously. I, I got to say, though, I have had Gonzaga winning March Madness for the past – this goes back to my college days – eight years. If they don't win this year, I think I'm, I think I need to stop <laughs> No, because if you stop and then the second they win, you're literally going to like go nuts. I will fly out to Washington and be like, damn it, Bulldogs, you've been killing me for these past years. Um, But yeah, no, I just want to give a big, big shout out uh, to uh, another, uh, well, it's a Giants podcast. Obviously, we're a football podcast. But Giants podcast, uh, New York Revival, uh, hosted by, you know, three guys. You know, Katie and I met up with them at uh, Giants Fan Fest this year. Uh, They are great. They're doing phenomenal things. We're totally going to get them on the pod. Don't you guys worry. Uh, But it's New York uh, Revival. Uh, You can find them on Twitter, you know, Instagram, your favorite, you know, YouTube, all your podcast outlets. Uh, They actually host a Twitter space. Uh, It's called Giants Therapy, which over the past couple of months, it it actually has been a therapy session where people come in, you know, during the season, it was a little little more rough people crying people getting things off their getting things off their chest like we're doing right now um it's been a little bit more like heads heads on not heads falling off lately so i I love going in and listening uh big respect to them though i did hop in this week um they you so how spaces work on twitter is like you actually assign speakers so it's not just everyone talking at once um i was very fortunate enough for them to see me pop in uh they actually listened to the pod and they uh they made me a speaker and they had just asked, you know, what my opinion was, you know, going on with people who had spoken so far um, on the spaces and that, you know, kind of what my reaction so far with free agency was or just the off season in general. So a lot of the consensus on, you know, this particular conversation was that what we're doing is not very sexy. Um, and that was like the, everyone to say, and I have to, I think I was the only girl on the spaces, so, which is fine. I always respect that. But it just made me laugh for a lot of, a lot of men to be like, what we're doing isn't sexy. So, and I was like, Oh, I didn't realize football was sexy. So, um, I just, uh, I actually had gone on. I was just like, you know, I actually had to disagree with everyone. Um, I actually think what we're doing right now is very hot, is very sexy for what the position that the Giants are in right now. So we come into this free, we come into this off season, basically all of us joking that the Giants have zero dollars, nothing to do in free agency, have to wait to the draft. I got to give a lot of props to Joe Shane for, you know, reconstructing uh, contracts. 
uh, guys taking pay cuts and then moving away from people that we didn't necessarily need. So in the past, the Giants have gone into free agency with money and not just like mid-level money, like New York Giants franchise money to where they're having a lot. And the Giants have made mistakes in the past, royal, royal mistakes, both under Dave Gettleman and Jerry Reese. I'm not giving the blame just to one. I'm going to pull it on both of them there. Um, and to me, they're making decisions free agency that actually kick us in the ass years later, or they have to reconstruct contracts. And they're like, shit, we pulled this guy in free agency, you know, three years ago, and now we have to re give him more money. We're not getting rid of him. So it was poorly done. So I actually think we're in a great position right now. We've been able to reconstruct, do certain things, let guys go, which isn't always the best thing. You know, you kind of get a little sad, but it's not a big deal. I mean, Evan Ingram was like, get the hell out of here. But um, you, you move you move things around there. Uh, you have team players like Sterling Shepard and Blake Martinez who take pay cuts, which is great. There's some other vets on the team that will probably take some pay cuts as well. Um, and you look to where you can. So Joe Shane obviously has, you know, relationships in Buffalo. Bring an alignment there. Bring an alignment from the Colts. We're building depth, and I like that. Brought a, a re-signed a, a wide receiver that we had already had, building in the depth there. Because what happened last year at the end of the season? We had so many wide receivers and linemen, but then at the end of the season, everyone was hurt. Everyone was playing bad on the line. Every wide receiver was hurt. So at the end of the season, no one was helping our backup, backup quarterback. And no wide receivers were out in the field because we were on our 10th string wide receiver. So for me, depth is important right now. Yeah. Build where you can. And then we have great real estate in the draft. We've got nine picks, I think. So you build there. You've got the first, you have a first two in the first round. That's great. You want to build in areas like running back. I think that we probably would have uh, traded Saquon so far. I think he's staying. So I think Saquon's staying. We would have done it already. I think we would have pulled the trigger already. Um, so he's definitely staying, but we have the room now, third, fourth round. Look at a running back. I don't think running back should be taken until late two, early right, three. Right. Yeah. So the Giants have that room there. So th that those were my statements on, on the spaces that I actually, while some people might think it's a quiet period for the Giants, I actually think that's really good for us. And that's really, it is hot and sexy what we're doing right now because it makes sense for us. I think us moving into this period with not a lot of money, not a lot of room is the best thing that could have happened to us. So I'm very content. I think it's hot. I think it's spicy. We're doing good things. We still got time. And I'm very much looking forward to the draft and what we can do when these pieces come together. We move to camp. We move to preseason. We move to the actual 2022 season. So yeah, the draft is the draft is going to be so huge for the New York Giants and huge yeah. for any team that obviously doesn't have a lot of money to like be making these crazy, crazy moves in free agency. So I know we are very much so looking forward to that. We actually we have that written down. Um, NFL draft it is 43 days away. Oh. And as far as things happening um, this week, we have the Real Housewives of Orange County on tonight at nine o'clock and the Real Housewives of New Jersey on Tuesday at eight. So honestly, but like we always say, stick with us, hang out with us, you know, week after week and definitely follow us on Instagram, follow us on our social media accounts because we are doing our very best to make sure that we are like rapid fire right there. Like when we hear things, we, we post them right away. And uh, 
obviously, as you guys heard earlier, earlier in the show, there have been many, many free many. moves <laughs> and there will be more to come and we'll catch you guys next week. But thanks for tonight. And thanks for hanging out. Absolutely. We'll catch you next time. She is. Good night. Bye.